which means that he's now going all Chris Moyles on us. He jumped the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Emotionally engaged in the 42 centimetre show jumping that I was crying and streaming. So here we are again. It's the third SEU podcast. Today we've got some special guests. We've got some stories. And we've got, I think, coming quite close to the end, a confessional from the one and only Cressida. <laughs> hey, Cress, how the hell no, are not you? not from me. Anyway, <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? How is the ice for you? I'm not too bad at all, thank you very much indeed. It's slightly odd. I mean, yeah, ice and snow finished and now, well, mm. we, nearly got wa- we nearly all got washed away on Sunday night. But um, other than that, yeah, horses are... Horses are back to normal. Um, poor old Brian had a little bit of... It's that really weird thing where everything changes from cold, cold, cold to wet and warm and all that stuff. And Brian this morning went out to the stable acting very strangely and poor little chap had a bit of colic. Oh, well, that's not good. So that wasn't very good. He was. He decided to... It, it manifest himself. He was just looking a bit uncomfortable, really. And then um, decided that the best way to alert me to the fact that he was actually in pain was to drag all the rugs off the side of the stables where we just hang them and to pull them all down onto the ground and start pouring them. <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, so... Um, Is he all right now? Our unbelievably kind vet, um, who's a friend of ours, popped past this morning on her way into work and um, just checked him over. He was fine. I just gave him a little bit of a walk around and um, peck of grass and all that stuff. So... Um, But anyhow, what we were here to finish off our little story on was we'd got this huge Facebook page, 400,000 nearly users, and it got taken down by Facebook, hadn't we? And then we kind of, and we do we know the reason why that one actually got taken down? Not really. In those days, there was no community standards. That's a, a recent addition to Facebook. No warning, just got taken down. First thing I knew was um, one of my admin friends just went, Chris, where's the group gone? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and so it was a question of starting all over again. And yeah. I, I seem to remember, I mean, it was it was, it got back fairly rapidly to sort of decent levels yeah. of... Yeah, I mean, I was all up for having a break for a couple of days because... <laughs> but somebody, somebody stole the name um, and oh. set it up without us. So I had to fight to get it back. Uh, they went on and set up a copycat group no no rest for the wicked we had to get straight back on it set it up again and uh it was it was all right it it went up went up again quite quick to the two hundred thousand. yeah and then and then they did it again and they did it again when was it i mean it was only a month or so ago now wasn't it i think we're about six weeks ago now six weeks yeah something like that Now, this is where we come to our special guests today. We might well hear from these two guys at some stage in the future as well, but we've got Toby and Alex, who are the double geniuses behind the SEU hub. So, welcome, guys. Welcome, Toby. Welcome, Alex. How are you guys today? Thank you, Andrew. We, well, I say we, I can't speak for Alex, um, but I am, uh, I'm very well, I think. Well, full of a little bit of a cold that everyone seems to have. <clears throat> no, very glad to be on the podcast and excited to uh, to discuss a little bit more about what we're doing and the way we're taking this and 
and why and you know, how exciting it's going to be in the future. And I think the development of a proper community um, is our is our kind of main goal. So no, good good to be here. Good to be here. So I, I wish in some ways that the visuals you could see the visuals here because there's um, Chris sitting on her bed with a cat beside her, <laughs> me in a tack room with a washing machine, and uh, Toby um, is the only one that we know of who's got an electrically raisable up and downable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, desk, which means that he's now going all Chris Moyles on us and is standing because he's decided that he's got, that's going to get him more energised and everything else behind his desk. Now, Tobes, am I right? So basically, you kind of thought that we were... We're the SEU hub, the, 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 the Facebook page just wasn't reliable and it seemed to be utterly ridiculous that you've got this unbelievably positive community. But what was the what was the sort of concept that you, that you guys you and Alex came up with well yeah i, th- I think probably best is a little bit of backstory on me because it's uh, it makes sense to, to to sort of know a little bit more in terms of my involvement with the horses and you know how we all know each other and how i've got involved and have now assumed the very exciting moniker of the head elf in order to try and try and help crest with everything in developing and developing and growing the SEU community and when we when we all got involved in the first place, as you say, it was a it was a very significant community of four hundred thousand people spread all over the world, and uh, were very keen to show their support to help raise money to buy stash to do the the things you do when you're part of a club or a community. And I think the difficulty when you predicate a business on a Facebook or any other uh, platform that isn't yours is you're forever treading on eggshells as to whether you're going to have a community left or not. And the moment it went pop, we all realized quite quickly that, you know, we never wanted to ever have to go pop again when there are so many people who were thanking SEU for getting them through lockdown, for being their entire inspiration for still riding at badminton at the show we had there, how many people would come up to give Cress a hug to just say thank you. And Cress found it all very difficult because obviously she didn't feel like she had done anything. But actually what she had done was found this common ground that meant everybody felt they were, you know, together. Everyone was in the in the same boat. Everyone knew the same things. And I think we realised quite quickly that if we put together our own our own community, that was in some ways sort of based around what people are used to. So we have a obviously a feed on it which kind of resembles Facebook. I mean, this is all version one as well, which is for me the most exciting thing. Is we're we're out of you know we're off the start line with something that's already. Is already very good but then what we've got in store is going to be you know fantastic so we kind of we base it on the feed of uh, a facebook page so that people can continue to you know the whole thing is based around people's content of what's funny and what everyone enjoys living working with horses so the feed is, is pretty much still integral to it we then obviously put the shopping because that's the best way of raising money that we found for various charities and then we thought well actually facebook have now prevented you or stopped people from uh, openly advertising or selling horses so Cresta's great idea again was, well, look, we've got 400,000 of us who are all constantly trying to shift old tack, clothing, I was going to say old horses, I don't mean that, you know how much I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe new horses, maybe new horses, new, <laughs> maybe it's new horses more than old horses. But anyway, uh, so to create a marketplace where we as a community, again, can have things that are just relevant to us, nothing to do with, you know, several different million groups that are all trying to exist in the same space let's let's have somewhere that when we go onto it every little bit of it feels like it's relevant and built for seu or you know for for horse lovers i mean that that's the idea of it so to create 
create a place that's never going to go anywhere and that we can keep bolting on new ideas, things that people come up. We've had so many suggestions, people coming up with ideas that, oh, could we do this? Could we do that? And so the marketplace is kind of going to become more of like an eBay place where people can put on whatever they want on it. Um, we've got all sorts of, you'll see there are probably two little grayed out areas that are the next two, uh, next two bits that are going on there, the heroes and chums. We won't say too much about that, but it's going to be absolutely amazing when those things go live as well. So this is a this is absolutely ground level. Um, you know, we've started with what everybody knows and likes, and we're going to improve all that. The next version of the feed is going to be the most ridiculous blend of kind of Instagram meets TikTok meets Facebook. It's going to be it's going to be super cool. I I hate to say it, but obviously you you were the you're the sort of main driving force behind all this lot. But the the actual creation of of all of this lot is down is down to Alex. Is that is that right? I started working with Toby on a number of other projects and he mentioned this group now bear in mind my prior experience in the equestrian world hasn't necessarily been a particularly positive same one. as the rest <laughs> of us yeah <laughs> the idea of working on anything to do with horses was terrifying almost as terrifying as actually owning them so to build this this kind of platform uh, and it was it was it was basic really in the sense that it was, okay well they've got facebook but facebook keeps kind of leaving them in the lurch can you create something which is like Facebook? And the well, originally I, I kind of laughed. I thought, well, no, of course not. I'm like, so, um, in fact, I actually rallied against the idea of creating a, a Facebook too um, for the purposes of SEU for about six months before eventually kind of giving in and thinking, all right, okay, that probably is the right idea, and building something which was as near as possible to what I could create as a user experience. That people would be familiar with and hopefully it's helping to to do that but give us like toby's really said a place to, for this to live again um which won't disappear kind of at the whim of of the facebook gods as it were yeah but you're, to be fair Alex, your, your moment of genius to me is that yeah but uh, and bear in mind alex isn't on facebook this is what the best thing is as a, as a genius tech programmer he just has made the decision quite rightly i think to stay off social media but because of the dangers and the and the distractions and stuff, but actually the whole the whole thing was instead of having being social media, let's be social impact. Let's see if we can take sort of vacuous empty likes and can we turn those into micro donations. That means that whilst everyone's loving the content and enjoying what people are, are producing, we should be able to all be. Uh, rewarding those people for putting up great content with little tiny donations that are all going towards the charity that we're supporting. And that's where the genius of, okay, I'm, I'm going to take some claim here, okay, because Alex came up with the brilliant idea that micro donations were involved in likes and stuff. And he said, I think we need, you know, we need to, and I came up with the idea of calling them carrots. So I'm going to take carrots. But it was entirely Alec, entirely Alec, in terms of micro donation and making social. Oh, that's brilliant. So, <laughs> so, so you can't, you can't. So basically, it's a double claim. So the idea that you can actually give carrots rather than likes, and but you have to buy those carrots. You get some given to you when you first join up, but then you have to buy them, and therefore it's a micro donation thing. Was, was I mean, I think is just for this community is just absolutely brilliant. The horsey lot, you know, I went and bought a bag of carrots yesterday. There's not 500 in there. So it's bloody good value on the um, on the SEU hub as far as I'm concerned. No, absolutely fantastic. But also remember you get given them if you... Yes. Uh, 
when you use the marketplace yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so no. you don't have to buy them, you get them for other stuff, don't you? That's it, yeah. So oh, so the more yeah, the more the more interaction, the more carrots basically that's how it works. So you you never really run out of carrots. <laughs> What I'm interested in with with you two guys is obviously, I mean, Alex has alluded to it. Is the um, is the is the unbelievable equestrian heritage that comes with the tour view. So, Alex, uh, am I right in thinking you 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 have you ever ridden? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, uh, absolutely not. Well, no, my my story is a little bit odd, really. I was with someone who was very much into horses, wanted to have a horse, sort of riding school and things, but never actually owned their own horse, and I. I fell into the mistake of actually going out and getting this horse, which was far too powerful and, and complicated and, and, yeah, everything that wasn't right for someone who'd never owned a horse. <laughs> it's the equivalent of going out and having as your first car a Ferrari, I think. It was like, okay, what do we do with this? Oh. But no, that was that was always going to go wrong. But we did have a, a little Shetland pony as well, which was essentially like a mini version same colour and everything. Oh, that's quite And cool. uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool, although um, she got ill. So we spent most of our time at the vets, oh. um, either locally here in Norfolk or down in uh, Rosdale's in Newmarket, which was, I, I got to the point where... Oh, my Lord. In yeah, above. I got to the point where I spent most of my time at the weekends at Rosdale's. <laughs> oh, Lord in heaven above. Not exactly a brilliant one, no, no. But um, but I think, I think um, Tobes, you can probably top that one, can't you? Because... I, I've never, ever, actually ever been able to get you anywhere near any... Well, I think it goes so far as almost quadrupeds, isn't Is that right or not? Actually, listen, well, that's, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty downtrodden here. That's not because I don't want to. It's because if I do, I explode, basically. I seem to remember going encouraged to enjoy horses uh, by my parents. Uh, actually, when I was living in Wales, Alex, uh, Andrew, funnily enough, and uh, went off... I don't know, pony trekking or pony clubbing or something like that, and sat on a horse. So oh, this is quite fun. And then literally, you know, came home with my head four times bigger than it was and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so clearly was pretty allergic to horses. And that, you know, that was, um, that was always disappointing because it obviously meant I couldn't, I couldn't do uh, really any more with horses. But it didn't seem to stop me getting into the equestrian industry commercially. Um, and I just the first company I started out of university was in fact a horsey clothing company. If I know, do you know it was very clever. I won't tell you that it's a very long back backstory, but it involves Tony Blair and excess sweating and whatever. But it, anyway, <laughs> we ended up innovating uh, a water repellent cotton, which was okay, I will tell you. Basically there's a great picture of Tony Blair giving a speech where he's got massive saddlebags of sweat running down his shirt as he's trying to give a speech. And I thought that's a ridiculous idea. Surely in this day and age you should be able to sweat but not show it publicly. So anyway, the idea was to create a cotton that didn't actually show, uh, you know, that it was water it was water repellent as opposed to absorb, absorbing it, but still breathable. So we innovated thing, and the obvious place to go with it was jobbers for the horsey uh, world. And we ended up at Burley and all sorts of places, you know, trying to sell these jobbers back in the day, and yeah, doing doing relatively well, and uh, built the business. We end up doing a lot of work with some some big organizations and suddenly we were you know I, I wasn't able to go and get a proper job because I'd ended up as a as, as we like to be known lawn gypsies traveling the country <coughs> going to various country houses and setting up a stand on a piece of grass and you know hoping people were going to come and uh, spend their, their little um you know their allowances with us but um 
Yeah, so we ended up, I think at the end, we ended up sponsoring a number of events, and one of which was, uh, I think it was, I mean, you know how much I know, I'm mean, 20-something years working equestrian shows and stuff, and I still, I don't think I've ever seen a horse. Do you know what, it, it makes me chuckle every single day that I look at the podcast, or the pod, or the hub, or anything, and I see SEU, Cush, Grip, Jump, Bat on there, and I'm like... <laughs> And this is one of the best. That, so, terms of, I mean, so that that does actually show the sort of level of your horse, you know, your horse knowledge and everything that you would call one they of these things a bat. Bats. I mean, I think of a bat as they a. They do call them bats. I've heard them called bats. That is straight. That's straight from the top. That is straight from the top. That is in. That's entirely from Cressida. So we ended up sponsoring the like. 43 centimetres show jumping at Hexted or something. I don't know if that's very high or not. But anyway, very low sort of level. Uh, and I got uh, got drawn, you know, came over to ask me, so, oh, uh, uh, you've got to uh, present the prizes. And I said, oh, yeah, no, no problem at all, whatever, you know. So he's trundled over into the ring and there was everyone lined up, you know, proud as punch that they'd won the 43 centimetre show jumping, whatever it was. Uh, and I started, you know, seventh place and congratulations, well done. Uh, this is a horse, is it? Well done. No, well done. You, you did very well. We shook hands, whatever. Got to about, you know, sort of fourth place, whatever. And I was starting to get a bit sniffly because obviously everyone was still, you know, fully togged up in horse stuff. So begin to sneeze a little bit and, <clears throat> and cough a little bit and feel a little bit sniffly. Get to third place. I'm sort of starting to, you know, starting to wipe my eyes a bit because it's all, uh, the allergies are kicking, whatever. Got to second place and it was all getting quite uncomfortable. And by the time I got to first place, everyone couldn't believe I was so vested and so emotionally engaged in the 42 centimetre show jumping that I was crying Loving. and screaming uh, <laughs> because I was so proud of the person who'd won it. So, yeah, no, so that, that's kind of where my... my so if anybody, if anybody wants to make Toby cry, drag him somewhere near a horse, basically. <laughs> oh, dear finish this podcast off with the absolutely true sort of thing that we really really want to hear now on these podcasts and Chris kind of went this morning she went I think I've got the idea for a confessional well I wanted to do it ages ago but yeah we've got our first one here anyway so um shall I just read it out <laughs> let's go for it I think I think we might have to change some of the words to protect yeah. the innocent uh yeah you could the the real words are there in black and white if anyone wants to go and have a look and cast your votes in the comments so yeah on the Facebook group so I'm just gonna start reading it out okay and I'm just gonna substitute a couple of words all right you ready here we go. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready. We can't wait. Can't wait. Right. This is from the lovely Simon Searle. So, dear collective, it's with a heavy heart that I have to ask forgiveness from all of you, including our mother superior Cressida, as I have sinned. Picture the scene, a thick hedge bordering our field. The horses sometimes take shelter beside the hedge as they're too stupid to go in the barn for anything other than to pee and poop. I head out to get them in, armed with head collars, etc. Naughty word stroke horse number one, who normally sees a head collar and... Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that naughty word. <laughs> horse number one, who normally sees a head collar and runs away, is caught easily. Horse number two, who's normally good at good as gold to catch, turns tail and walks off. My loudest voice calls out, Oh, for goodness sake, you 
Wally, stop. This is really quite hard to do. <laughs> you, Wally, stop being a extra Wally. Echoes across the field. This happens twice. Bearing in mind, these are much stronger words. Catches horse number two. Now, at this point, horse number one is staring at the gap in the hedge that is now alongside of us. At this point, I should point out that the hedge is a boundary between our field and the village church, or rather the village uh -oh. <laughs> I gaze at the gap to see <laughs> faces, some hugging, some crying, and some looking at me, because at this moment, they are lowering the coffin into the eternal resting place of a dear, much-loved departed soul. To say the horses were dragged in at a rate oh. of knots is an understatement. So, do I get forgiveness or do I forgive it forever oh. have to live with the burden? Your humble and embarrassed servant, Simon Searle. Oh my goodness me. So, well. so we're basically talking the excessive use of what is known as stable language. Yes. The excessive use of stable language whilst... Uh, <laughs> in the graveyard next door the coffin is being lowered into the ground yes <laughs> oh that is absolutely brilliant i mean that's the sort of thing you literally couldn't write isn't no. it well, what do you think andrew do you forget would do we forgive him oh my lord in heaven above i think uh, I, I okay so um I would have to forgive because I, I, I mean, really, I've been told off more times than you can absolutely shake a stick at. Probably the funniest one ever was I was asked to commentate <laughs> at a pony club event, and I, I did it for the first time and ended up, needless to say, getting very enthusiastic and swearing. <laughs> and then when they asked me to do it again, <laughs> I had to introduce myself and say, I do apologise about the stable language. But the um, oh but the, the funny one that time was that the DC of the Pony Club came and knocking on the door of the um, commentator's commentary point when I had basically seen a friend of ours miss a fence out so over the tannoy, I said, Ben, 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 oh, hang on a minute, you missed out fence 13. You need to go back and get that one, Ooh. which, of course, is outside assistance. And yeah, <laughs> not allowed to do that. So, so now I'm going to forgive him. What about you, Alex? Well, yeah, so I was going to say that my view on this is that as someone who was just handed head collars and told to go into the field and pick up a horse, I didn't know what to do with the head collar. You'd look at it as some... <laughs> weird looking contraption i was like which way round does it go and how does it attach where do you put it <laughs> but they, no one no one tells you this they just see they hand it there to you this this sort of mangled thing and i'm like right okay so um number of times running across this field which was next to a, a river so it was a really boggy field and trying to chase horses around for hours in the dark to try and get this head collar on i would have used more explicit language than the language that has been even written in the original post. So I'm definitely forgiving. Yeah, well, that was my reaction. I did sort of I typed it on there. You know, at least you didn't sort of say, well, I'm not even, even going to repeat what I said because it was naughty language as well. And it's actually harder than I thought it was to uh, 
No, <laughs> not <laughs> so so that so that is that a forgiveness from you as well, Alice? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yes. Two forgivenesses. What am I going to say? I'm not sure. I'm going to be devil's advocate here and say I'm not sure if I do forgive you, Simon, because you know you're you know you're next to a graveyard. Oh. And. Uh, Oh, uh, that's quite deep and meaning. That's quite deep and meaningful. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Probably not for the relatives. But they'll remember it forever. It's so funny. I'm just looking at the comments now. Um, I think most people have already voted to forgive. Um Sarah Coverdale says, mine were in a field beside a graveyard for a while and my 17-3 ginger pillock stole flowers off a grave. (laughs) (laughs) Stole flowers. Sarah Cliss says, "Uh, naughty word, hilarious, you're forgiven. Uh, Anna Snow says, best post, can't stop laughing. Annette Betty says, you're forgiven, however the penance will be that it is your time to depart this horse covered planet that we can all stand around your final resting place and scream bye bye you stupid naughty word uh, Simon still says he, I, I think that'll happen anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's absolutely brilliant Paul Tipper says could have been worse I thought you were going to say the horses went through the gap and ploughed through all the mourners <laughs> God, can you that. See, that's another outcome. That could have been way worse. Yeah, at oh, least that didn't happen. Oh, th- Jumping the grave. That is quite funny. That is, I'm just sort of, it made me think as well that Dear there were some friends of ours who, for a, for a while now, that I think you can still get horse drawn hearses, can't you? And I, I yeah. swear blind that they had a pair of horses that they did, a, you know, nice black horses, and they just had these. And I was, oh, that is that is a random. When you ask somebody, so what do you do with your horses? Oh yeah, no, I I hire it out for funerals. <laughs> I don't think I'd be doing that on Brian. That is for certain. <laughs> no. no, I don't think I'd be Shine. doing that with Knocker either, as he drags people's coffins into the next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, over a jump. <laughs> Very high speed. It'd be more. It'd be more like something like from Calamity. <laughs> not not the way to say goodbye. More like something from Calamity Jane than it would be a from a, a, a sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord dear lord dear lord well um i i chris the i know you're getting very excited about it um about the new year and everything and um oh, we yeah. hope that everybody is going to have an absolutely fantastic christmas for a start what are your what are your christmas plans chris oh can i say this uh i'm not much of a fan i just can't wait for it to be over to be quite honest <laughs> Well, that's that's nice and honest for you. But you're going to have a bit of time with the horses, I'm presuming. A lot of time with the horses, yeah. It's one of the things that that doesn't change at all, isn't it, over Christmas? They don't really realise that it's Christmas Day, apart from the fact that you might dress them up on the odd occasion and do some Christmas show jumping or something like that. Yeah, I might give them a stocking. I sometimes hang a little stocking up for them. Normally my Christmas Day was like any other traditional non-horse family Christmas Day. The first time I realised that things were going to be different was when I was up at five o'clock in the morning, not to go down to open presents and things, but to go down to the yard to, to muck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, too right. Yeah. Exactly. Too right. I, I, I was chatting to the guys in the um, in the racing yard the other day, and um, because of the way that Christmas falls, it's on the Sunday. 
Now, normally on a Sunday, and I would, I'm not going to be here this this Christmas, but um, I would go in and help out to, to, to ride a couple of horses. And um, they, they we were like, oh, Lord, that's brilliant, because that means that they've got a day off. And, and then as Rex, <laughs> Rex Dingle, the lovely jockey, said, he said, yeah, but the trouble is there's only normally three of us, and I can bet you that on Christmas Day he'll want 20-odd horses to go out. <laughs> <laughs> what's the next what's another story <laughs> me. i'll be very quick because i actually haven't fed my horses yet and i do need to go but um so i used to work at a private yard up in shropshire very 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 kindly let me have christmas day off so i worked christmas eve and i left knocker up there while i came home to my family in cheltenham spent Christmas day in Cheltenham and my very lovely boss very kindly offered to do knocker for me on Christmas day so at about I don't know two o'clock in the afternoon I get a message from Robin saying uh this bloody horse of yours I'm like oh god what's happened so dear old knocker about four or five weeks earlier had had quite a nasty injury and got his leg stuck in um a gate you know those that black fencing you get on quite you know nice estates that do you know what i mean that black sort of metal yeah yeah yeah. and fencing he'd got his leg stuck at the bottom two rungs of that and pulled a big patch of skin off it was nasty cut a long story short he'd he'd been in box rest for five weeks with his leg all bandaged up so Robin had to go and muck him out on Christmas Day. Now, Knocker's actually pretty good at box rest. He's very, really quite patient until Robin was doing it. Now, the story I got told <laughs> was that he jumped the wheelbarrow. So uh, I was like, did he? Did he, though? I was like, yes, he jumped the wheelbarrow. <laughs> I was like, okay. Two hours, Robin was out there on Christmas Day with his children because Knocker was running around the horse box, round the lorry, <laughs> in circles. And oh, they couldn't get him my in. lord. <laughs> With his leg all bandaged up on Christmas Day. Yeah, that would that would put a small kibosh on your Christmas Day, wouldn't it? It'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> so there's hoping that... People yes. don't have a knocker moment like that on Christmas Day. Robin was very lovely about it, um, but that's one uh, yet another of knockers. Uh, <laughs> so no knocker story. moments for Christmas Day, <laughs> which I'd forgotten about until you mentioned. Everybody that. have fun, and everybody hopefully gets carrots for Christmas. <laughs> So there we go, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again, and um, thank you, Chris, for the for the brilliant stories. And let's let's hope we get another confessional for next time as well. Yes, yeah, send your confessionals in. Have a great, great Christmas, and we'll see you guys all in the new year. Happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs>